welcome to Bitcoin Fixes This, where we explore the impact that Bitcoin will have in all aspects of society. Today's guest is Mary Kerr, functional medicine physician lecturer and leader in DNA-informed precision medicine. We talk about healthcare, monetary incentives, nutrition, and her journey through all of these things. Mary also tells us how we can start taking charge of our own healthcare. Mary Kerr, how's everything going? Going great. Happy to be in Austin again. Love this town. I'm headed to uh, Allen Boots after this. Okay. To get, I've been told by Texas Slim that I have got to get a pair of boots while I'm here. So. Okay. Well, I, you know, I just got a new pair of boots, but they these are Lucchese's. So, you know, they look very sharp, and uh, so. I'll yeah. be joining you. Yeah, you need, you need to get it. I mean, you've been in Texas for how long? And I'm you a don't Texan. Have to, uh, yeah. You know, I have I have boots. I have mm-hmm. ropers that I used mm-hmm. to dance in. I used uh-huh. to love to country western dance. And oh, so, nice. But it's time to take it up a notch, <laughs> at least according to Texas Slim, as you and I both, he's a friend of both of ours. Uh-huh. Are you thinking about a hat too or no? So he was trying to talk <laughs> me into the hat, and I said, you know, Slim, as I call him, uh, I think I'm 50-50 on the hat, and mm-hmm. that was being generous, <laughs> but that, that seemed to appease him, so no, I'm going for the boots, and then, I don't know, men look so distinguished in hats. I Women, feel- I'm... Not, at least on me, no, oh. maybe not. We'll see. I don't know. My theory is that it makes everyone look like 20% better. It doesn't matter if they're young or old, male or female or whatever. It just makes them 10 to 15% at least. Okay. Better, well, I'll yeah. take your word for that and I will give it a try. <laughs> but remember, I'm from Louisiana. Um, so hats weren't our culture. Mm. You know, so yeah, but you know, you're in an but adopted now I'm in Texas, state. Yeah. And I've been yeah. here for over 20 years. So it's probably time to. To make it happen. <laughs> uh, probably. So, uh, Mary, I, I brought you on the show because uh, because I, I, I thought your story was just so interesting given, you know, um, your profession and how you had to handle your own health and everything else. Um, can you tell my audience what, what your background is and what sure. you do for a living? <laughs> so I'm a medical doctor, traditionally mm-hmm. trained. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my, um, well, I did my undergrad at Texas Christian University mm-hmm. and uh, did my medical degree at LSU New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And then I did a double residency, a five-year residency in internal medicine and mm-hmm. physical medicine and rehabilitation. And then straight out of residency, went into solo practice in my, what is my board certification in physical medicine, Mm. and practiced um, that specialty for many, many years. Mm. And um, that included pain management, management of any chronic condition like Mm. orthopedic conditions, spinal cord injuries, brain injuries, strokes, those sorts of things, rehabilitation. Mm. And... um, for some reason, I kind of gravitated towards pain relief. Mm. And um, in doing that, I also incorporated a lot of uh, wellness type things to help people improve. Mm. And uh, along my journey of, you know, working too hard and not getting enough sleep and not eating right and not taking care of myself and really putting other people's needs ahead of my own, I got sick ironically and became a patient myself. Mm. And I um, looked for help in every way I could possibly think of mm-hmm. through specialists and um, developed an inflammatory autoimmune condition mm-hmm. that was very painful. And I don't want to bore you with the details other than um, I didn't find any relief for a long time. Mm-hmm. 
And someone introduced me to functional medicine, which mm. is more of a holistic wellness type of medicine. Mm. And so I learned about that and started employing some of the things that I learned and ended up completely healing myself. Mm. So once you learn that, mm. you have to incorporate that for the benefit of your <laughs> patients as well. Mm. And so about 10 years ago, I transitioned from mostly pain, interventional pain management, which mm. I still do some of, over to a more holistic approach to taking care of patients. Mm. Functional medicine, basically. Right. So the difference between um, kind of the traditional way mm. people um, uh, treat patients, it's more symptom management, you mm -hmm. know, wait for the problem to come up and then try and minimize it as much as possible. And um, the way functional management Fun functional medicine approach is more get to the root cause of why the problem occurred. Mm -hmm. Why is the inflammation there? Why is this is this problem? Um, well, what caused it to begin with and fix it from the root cause? It just makes mm -hmm. perfect sense. It seems so simple, but it wasn't the way we were trained. We were mm -hmm. trained to um, wait for the problem to get bad enough to need some sort of help in minimizing symptoms. So. Symptom management versus mm. root cause, eliminate the root cause and hopefully completely heal. Mm. Well, so what was it like when you were a patient and you learned about functional medicine? Because you, you obviously went through the traditional channels of conventional medicine mm -hmm. for a long time. And then you learn about functional medicine. You're, you're a medical doctor. You've gone to school for a long time. You've learned all this. What was your reaction to learning something like something like functional medicine and thinking, I, what, what were your thoughts? What was that like? You know, it got to the point where I was so desperate, I would try anything. Mm. And my quality of life had really decreased. Mm. And um, I was just willing to try anything. Mm. And I invested in a two-year fellowship in functional medicine. And when it came time to invest in that, I just came to the conclusion if I I'll never know if I don't try and mm. I've tried everything else so um so I learned basically you know you start with the, the gut health and mm. you heal the gut and you start nourishing the body I I was so nutritionally depleted mm. I was addicted to sugar I wasn't sleeping mm. I was so stressed all the time mm. I was always um like I said putting other people's needs ahead of my own mm. and never never thought that you need to recharge and 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 re-nourish and mm. focus and so that's where the journey started mm. and just by step by step you know um getting off of some of the old medications that were you know like you know old old-fashioned um you know, like antibiotics for acne. That mm -hmm. was one problem mm. that I had been on for years and years and years and mm. never thought anything of it. But this, with this way of thinking, I got off of all of that and really focused on healing my gut, nourishing mm -hmm. myself, replacing the things that I was deficient in. And I was profoundly deficient in vitamin D. That was huge, just mm. replacing my vitamin D mm. and my minerals. Um, mm. I did some testing and I was completely depleted. I even did a bone density test in my 30s, mm -hmm. which should be when you're strong. <laughs> and I had osteopenia. So that's how depleted of nutrients wow. I was. And so I started doing all of this testing that I was learning about mm. and then started testing all of my my patients as well. Mm. And sure enough, 
we were all in the same boat. We were <laughs> calorically fine. You know, mm. we were getting by with plenty of calories, if not too many calories, mm. but we were nutritionally um, depleted. And then sleep. I didn't even think twice about having four nights, of, four hours of, of sleep a night at time, many times. Mm -hmm. Waking up early, working out, doing a full day. At some point, you have to, <laughs> you have to um, uh, take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I learned and that's what I did. And I did eventually completely heal myself of chronic migraines, chronic acne, digestive mm -hmm. issues, inflammatory condition, pain. Mm -hmm. All of it went away when you, it's kind of like a wilted flower that mm -hmm. needs sunshine mm -hmm. and nutrients and water. Mm -hmm. And you think it's going to get better on its own by, you know, giving it an antibiotic. It's not going to happen, <laughs> you know, um, or other things that I tried. Um, so it was really just getting to, you know, holistic self-care, wellness, mm -hmm. meditation, prayer, mm -hmm. sleep, you know, all the basics that we just put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. It's the easiest thing to put last and the most important thing to put first. Mm -hmm. For your health, you mean? For your health, absolutely. Mm -hmm. We all put it you know, mm. put everything else in front of it. Mm. And we really need to make it a priority. Mm. Well, so <clears throat> it, it's interesting that you talk about gut health and being nutritionally deficient. Can you expound on that more? Like what what's wrong with, I guess, what you would call the standard American diet? Oh, gosh, there's so much wrong. I think, <laughs> the, you know, you can just look at our population and the obesity mm. epidemic, even mm. in, in our kids. Mm. And it starts with, I think, you know, processed food. Mm. If we can just get back to good, healthy nutrition and um, and even the, the food that's not necessarily processed, it's like far, things that come from a farm, mm -hmm. they're grown in soil that has been minerally depleted. So mm -hmm. I think the majority of, at least the people that I've tested mm -hmm. in my practice are minerally deficient. I mean, profoundly minerally deficient. Which minerals? Oh, just so many. Uh, magnesium's probably mm -hmm. number one. Mm -hmm. Zinc is probably number two. Selenium is up there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we always think of calcium as an important mm -hmm. mineral. I'd mm -hmm. put it much lower on the on the list. We actually do get mm -hmm. a pretty pretty solid amount of calcium, but for some reason, that's been the narrative that we all think if we can just take a calcium <laughs> pill, we're minerally minerally good. But um, so many things uh, are important. So many of these minerals are important for your brain function. Mm for your hormone production, for your thyroid hormone, especially, which is mm. your metabolism. Mm. So I think, and, and we also know that when you're minerally depleted, you're more hungry. Mm. So I think it, it actually comes down to the soil in a mm. lot of ways. A lot of mm. our health problems are mm. related to our soil mm. and not getting the minerals that we used to get. And that causes, you know, a cascade of problems that is so easily fixed. Mm. What, causes the depletion in the soil? Why, why is it so nutritionally uh, deficient, I guess? So the soil gets used over and over, mm. over again, mm -hmm. and they put the bare minimum back in it for, um, from a mineral standpoint mm. for the crops to grow, but not necessarily for the crops to have sufficient nutrients mm. to really nourish us like we used to 100 years ago, where we would have soil that had not been turned over and turned over mm -hmm. year after year without replacing the good nutrients. Mm -hmm. So that's the situation we're in is demineralization. Mm -hmm. So how do you identify foods that have, I guess, sufficient minerals versus ones that don't? Like, 
where do you shop and where do mm -hmm. you tell uh, your patients to shop and so on? It's hard to get minerals from just food now. Mm. Mm. So I really recommend supplementing mm. with like a multi-mineral mm. um, and certain vitamins that, that our mm. food just doesn't have enough of. But uh, a really healthy source mm. of minerals is animal proteins, specifically mm. grass-fed beef. Mm. especially if it's from a regenerative farmer mm. who focuses on tending the land and making sure that it regenerates and has the right nutrients um, to grow the grass, to feed the cow. Um, but uh, so supplementation, unfortunately, mm -hmm. is I, I, I use quite a bit now in mm. my practice just because it is very hard to get enough of the supplements that we need to really not just get by, but to feel good and mm. to have a healthy immune system. In fact, I think minerals have played a huge role in our pandemic because mm. they're so key for immune function. Mm. And I think vitamin D deficiency is another huge one. We're not getting enough sunshine. Mm. You know, we're in a building, you're probably working the majority of your day in a building. So you're not, the best way to get vitamin D is from the sun, but you're working eight hours mm -hmm. in prime sunlight probably in a building. Mm. And so the chances of you getting a sufficient amount of vitamin D, and especially if you have more melanin in your skin, mm -hmm. it's even harder. Mm. So people like African-Americans have much a much harder time absorbing it from the sun. So supplements are the next best thing mm -hmm. to the sun, but all of these things have played a really big role in our immunity, our immune function and our ability to fight viruses. And I think if we were minerally uh, re repleted, I mm -hmm. guess, not depleted, but you know, replaced um, the minerals and we replace vitamin D, those would be two huge ways of improving outcome. Mm -hmm. There's so many other ways, but you know, healthy metabolism and healthy liver function and you know, we can get into all of those sorts of things. But for your listeners, um, I think identify that it's a significant problem and that mm. there's a very simple solution. And usually it involves supplements right now, mm -hmm. but there may be a way to find um, regenerative farmers that, that do the right thing with the soil. And I know that's becoming a hotter topic, especially here in Texas mm -hmm. with the beef initiative that I, mm -hmm. you and I just spoke at. Mm -hmm. Um, it was discussed quite a bit, which is exciting. Mm. Well, so let's go back to your story. So mm -hmm. you're 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 starting this functional medicine path as a patient first. Um, how long did it take you to sort of like uh, recover, I guess, nutritionally and all that? Like, what what was that process like? It was probably a couple of years, but mm -hmm. you feel better right away when you start mm -hmm. doing the, the right things, like mm -hmm. elim eliminating processed foods, you can feel better very quickly. Mm. And um, I can tell you, you know, when I implement a kind of an elimination type diet and a mm -hmm. get back to basics diet, my patients get better mental clarity. Mm. They feel better within one visit. Wow. And then they have the mental clarity to start the next step, which mm. is usually you know optimizing a healthy weight, Mm -hmm. um, getting back to exercise, getting more sunshine. Uh, mm. We oftentimes do a liver cleanse. The same things that I did, mm -hmm. I employ for my patients. So it doesn't take long, but people need a win. Mm. They've been so they've they've gone so long without a win, mm. and they really just need to move in the right direction 
just that first step is key. Mm. And once they get on the path of feeling better, then the next win is so much easier and the next win. And people can turn things around very quickly. In fact, I talked about a couple Mm -hmm. that really turned their lives around in one year. And it happened to be the year before the pandemic. Mm. And they were both extremely high risk. And they've given me permission to talk about mm -hmm. their case. But mm -hmm. they were both extremely high risk for um, a bad outcome with COVID had mm. they not turned things around a year before COVID. So they consider it a miracle because mm. they both did get COVID and it was very minimal. But had they gotten it a year prior, um, you know, things could may not have gone the way they went um, mm. with regard to their health. But their um, even their pictures, they wanted me to share with mm -hmm. everyone because it was such a dramatic improvement mm -hmm. within a few weeks for both of them. And then it just continued and built because they were so excited to feel good and to have the energy to make the right choices and to get the right foods and um, start exercising and really making health a priority. When you make health a priority, every aspect of your life becomes more fruitful. It's mm -hmm. really, you know, you talk a lot about assets and mm -hmm. I know you talk a lot about um, you know, Bitcoin and, and monetary policy. And But without your health, none of that means anything. Mm -hmm. So it, it really needs to be seen as your most valuable asset. Mm. And then once you have your mental clarity and your health, the other goals that you have for your life, for your family, for your kids, for your community, fall into line so much easier because of the energy, the mental clarity, and really the vitality that you have. So it takes everything up a notch. Well, do you feel like it's, uh, you know, a lot of people are sort of living in a mental fog or something like that? Yes, and I think, um, I call it brain fog. Mm. And that's probably one of the biggest complaints that people have when they first come to see me is I just can't think like I used to. And it's so easy to reverse mm. through nutrition, but it just takes um, the right coach. Mm. And you don't even necessarily need a healthcare provider. Mm. You just need to recognize that there's a problem. And I think a lot of people say, well, it's a part of life. It's a part of aging. I'm just tired <laughs> and I'm this age. And if you ask my patients, like the one I presented at, at the conference that you and I spoke at, um, they would tell you that in their mid-60s, mm. they feel better than they did in their mid-20s. So it's not age. Mm. It's health, vitality, exercise, sleep, mm. digestion, eliminating processed foods, getting rid of metabolic syndrome and, and sugar addiction. And, mm. so, and it's just one step at a time. That may seem daunting, mm. but the first step of getting mental clarity gives you the energy for all the other steps. Mm. Was that your experience? Did you get the mental oh, clarity first? Absolutely. So I started with, um, I did a liver cleanse mm -hmm. because my, I was a healthy weight. I was mm -hmm. a triathlete, mm -hmm. but I had elevated liver enzymes, which mm -hmm. was, I, I checked my blood and I was like, I can't believe this. I'm mm -hmm. exactly. What does that mean? Elevated That means liver. that I had probably, I had been consuming toxins that had mm -hmm. congested my liver. Mm. And even though I looked healthy on the outside, I certainly didn't feel healthy on the inside. And sure enough, my blood um, results showed that my liver wasn't healthy. Mm. It probably had something to do with the, you know, 10 cups of coffee that I was <laughs> I was drinking to, to get through the day. And yeah. oh, by the way, those cups of coffee were filtered through a hot plastic K-cup. Mm -hmm. Probably that had something, because now mm -hmm. we know that um, hot plastic, which is mm -hmm. why they tell you not to heat things up in, in plastic in the microwave is mm -hmm. that 
some of the contaminants of the plastic can affect your liver, which is your filter, mm. and clog it. So I started with a cleanse, um, eliminating processed foods, and doing a liver cleanse is actually what I did. Mm. And I used supplements to do that mm -hmm. and, um, and felt better pretty quickly and then started down the road of rehabbing my gut, getting off the antibiotics. Um, so it was just a little by little. Mm. But once you get that first win, mm -hmm. you're kind of in and you have the energy to take the step towards the second win. Well, that's interesting that you described the liver cleanse as something that gave you mental clarity because you don't necessarily think oh, of the two as the same. Or, right. Yeah. So the liver filters all the toxins mm -hmm. out of your body and it also helps you process your hormones and mm -hmm. it's very important to eliminate inflammation. So if mm -hmm. you have inflammation in your body or in your gut, mm -hmm. I would say leaky gut equals fo foggy brain. And mm -hmm. so getting the inflammation down in the gut and cleaning up the liver mm -hmm. actually gives you tremendous mental clarity mm. and it's an, an important one of the first steps that i usually take mm. and what what does a liver cleanse look like what what do the patients do so there's an old-fashioned way mm -hmm. and there's um you know a way that is uh, you go at it through um a kit which mm -hmm. has a lot of well it has a nutrition plan and some mm -hmm. educational material and um certain supplements that go with it and the reasoning for those supplements but I would say for your listeners, mm -hmm. the, one of the best things that we can do to start a health journey going in the right direction is the old fashioned way, mm -hmm. which is simply get back to healthy food, mm -hmm. you know, healthy proteins like grass fed beef, mm -hmm. um, organic vegetables, things mm -hmm. of that nature. And um, but start before you get to the dietary changes, just do a two day bone broth cleanse, mm. which is, you know, there's so many great recipes for bone broth, but I, I like, you know, Texas or, you know, grass fed <laughs> organic beef, if you can find it, but you don't even have to do that. You can use a, a, a store bought mm -hmm. bone broth, but what the, the goal of that is really to heal the gut. Mm. So that things that are in your digestive tract um, mm. that have been getting into your bloodstream before they were properly filtered, there mm. should be a barrier between your digestive tract and your and your and the rest of your system. Mm. And what happens usually when people are, are unhealthy and have autoimmune disease is that the barrier is um, more permeable than it should be. Mm. And if you think about it, it's kind of like in your bathroom, in your shower, there's tiles and there's grout. Mm. The there's a similar lining of cells in your gut of tiles and grout. So those <laughs> grout, you can think of we, the medical term is called tight junctions. They break down with processed food. Mm. And when you have um, a breakdown of that barrier, things that should stay in the digestive tract get into the bloodstream, things like bacteria and toxins and um, food that should be mm. more filtered. And that can cause some inflammation and health problems. So that's usually where we start with the cleanse. So the bone broth cleanse helps get rid of the food for two days mm. and heal the grout and the tight junctions and reseal. You're literally resealing the gut, mm. kind of like you reseal your grout if you have mm -hmm. a problem with in your bathroom um, with water getting into the wall. <laughs> Same sort of thing. So the two-day bone broth cleanse is probably the easiest way, and you don't need a healthcare practitioner you don't need a fancy kit. You can just start for two days with um, doing, you can do uh, black 
tea, black coffee, water, and bone broth. And you can keep the fat in the bone broth because that helps with your mm-hmm. appetite. You can add uh, ghee or grass-fed butter. And that's a great way to start. But there's other ways to start the health mm-hmm. journey, and everyone's different. Mm. But I found almost universally that's a great, easy way to start. And then after two days, you literally, the, the gut regenerates very, very quickly, two mm. or three days. Mm-hmm. And you can literally feel the mental clarity. And when you see that, it's very enlightening because some people have never felt that kind of mental clarity <laughs> ever or not since childhood. Mm. So it's a really nice way to kind of reconnect with what your true health potential is. Mm. So you do this cleanse. Essentially, you're fasting with just these, uh, you know, four things, water, black tea, black coffee, and uh, and bone broth to cleanse your digestive system and maybe get it, get it to all regenerate. Um, and that causes mental clarity, which gives you more motivation to do more Good steps. Stuff. Okay, exactly. Yeah, okay. And I think people would be really surprised if they just took those two days and got rid of the processed food and the mm. sugar. It also curbs your appetite, mm. um, and you don't feel hungry as long as you have some good healthy fat. Especially the day before you start the cleanse, I mm. like to tell I like to give my patients permission to fat load a little mm. bit with healthy fats, mm. like. Uh, a wild caught salmon or, you know, a ribeye or mm-hmm. something that's grass fed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you you go into the cleanse with enough fat in your system that you're not hungry. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of get off this up and down sugar roller coaster that so many of us and I certainly was on mm-hmm. and so many of us are on. So it's a good way to break the cycle mm-hmm. in a way that's not it's it's not as um, daunting of a task as you might think, it actually feels good mm. and you're not as hungry as you would think. You might be a little bit, mm. at times a little bit hungry, but usually you just add a little bit of butter to your to your um, bone broth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that usually is very, very satisfying. So it's a way to reset, reseal, mm. get rid of processed food and not, and, and kind of retain your hunger. Mm-hmm. So as you do this, and um, you know you you've done this cleanse, you're you're feeling more, uh, I guess, mentally clear. Mm-hmm. What do you do after that to sort of like make the habit stick? Because like you said, there is this sugar roller coaster. A lot mm-hmm. of people are addicted to sugar, and getting off of sugar has got to be one of the more difficult things because it's such an addictive substance. It's incredibly addictive, uh, and um, and some people uh, compare it to cocaine as mm. far as the addiction. Um, <laughs> but once you get off of it for those forty eight hours, you're mm. you've kind of re leveled the playing field, and mm. you're not on the um, sugar high, insulin high, and then it crashes, and you need more, and then it crashes. It's a cycle, mm. so that's a way to step out of the cycle, mm. and really make it a priority not to reintroduce those processed sugars and processed foods. So it it becomes a much easier choice once you've done that 48-hour reset. Mm. And and then you just make smart choices when you're not craving it. The mm. craving, you know, we're, we're, the cravings are, are so strong that without a reset, it's very challenging. Mm. Well, I mean, that's, uh, I, I think for a lot of people, this is where they tend to trip up is being able to get off of sugar because, um, you know, I, I, I got off of sugar many years ago, like starting with the paleo diet and then mm-hmm. moving more towards keto and now I'm a carnivore. But 
that that process of like getting off of sugar because it just it's such a taste that we crave in many ways and to this day i i want to taste sugary stuff and i'll use like sugar substitutes of some kind just just to get that taste but how, what what's a way in which you can sort of mentally get off of that thing well, if you break the insulin roller coaster, mm-hmm. insulin mm-hmm. sugar roller coaster, and you get off of it, mm-hmm. then you're not having those plummets mm-hmm. in your blood sugar, mm-hmm. and you don't crave it as much. And really, I think getting healthy protein and fat is mm-hmm. the best way to keep your appetite under control. And then try and stay. It's a lot easier than you think once you've done that 40. I, <laughs> I would encourage everyone to try it. Well, you've done it, I'm sure, because you're mm-hmm. all, I didn't realize you were all carnivore. I, I am now. And I, I've, uh, I've done longer fast than two days, uh, mm-hmm. like just to reset my body. Um, but actually, actually, like, uh, I, I'd like to ask you, like, from a medical perspective, what, What's happening in those two days that makes it so effective? What what I mean, you you talked about like sort of like relining the gut, Re- relining the gut, reforming the liver. But are uh, like I guess maybe even psychologically, does your relationship with food change or something like that? It actually does. Okay, and you have more control over your cravings. And I think there's a reason. You know, you I I know you wrote the mm. the the book. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God for Bitcoin. Mm. I think there's a reason why many religions in this world focus on fasting for Mm. um, spiritual growth. Mm. And it's not just Christianity, it's Mm -hmm. all major religions that I know of focus Mm -hmm. on some degree of fasting. Um, I think it's a way to get mental clarity and spiritual growth um, that's different from any any other mechanism because you're so in the moment and clear. And I'm sure you found that when you were when you were mm-hmm. fasting. It's um, it's a special time. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's a special time for mental growth. And oftentimes we don't even think that we need it until we do it. Mm. And then when you do it, you feel um, more at peace, mm. um, less irritability, mm-hmm. more clear. Just you you feel more like I think nature intended us to feel mm. what God intended us to feel was mm. which is um, present, mm-hmm. non distracted, focused, mm. um, the best version of yourself. And mm. so I think fasting is part of religion because it does bring such mental clarity and peace. It mm. really does. Mm. Well, and there's definitely a spiritual aspect to it, and there's uh, maybe a relational aspect to food and things like that. But uh, there's also a lot of hormonal things that are going on in your body, right? Like with uh, with maybe your insulin sensitivity and I, I guess your thyroid function and many things like that. What What are some of the benefits of doing some of those things? So one important thing is mm-hmm. that most people go into a little bit of ketosis, which mm-hmm. is supposed to be very good, a very good reset. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a lot of research that supports it's a really good reset for the brain mm-hmm. because the brain turn, it turns out that the brain seems to be very sensitive to insulin and glucose mm-hmm. and it can trigger some inflammation in the brain. And in fact, we think some quite a bit of dementia is triggered by this insulin sugar roller coaster. Mm-hmm. So, that's one thing that gives you mental clarity is that it puts you, you your body starts making ketones, which nourish the, are nourishing and anti-inflammatory to the brain. So that's one reason. Um, but I think probably the biggest benefit is flattening out 
that roller coaster mm. that we mentioned before. It's so, um, it, it really is so commanding of your appetite and your life. Mm. And mm. It, it, sometimes just stepping off of it <laughs> is just a game changer. Yeah, I, I have noticed that after I fast. Um, one of the things I realize is I, I often eat just because I'm bored. Right? Like I, right. I just need to do something. And it, it's not even sugar addiction because I don't really eat sugar anymore. It's just I want to do, like, it's like an oral fixation or something. Uh, and that's indicative of uh, to me of a bad relationship with food. I'm not using it to nourish my body. I'm using it to entertain myself or something like that. Right. But have you noticed that you're less likely to do that? Mm -hmm. You're well nourished? Yeah, I, I, I've definitely, um, I, I don't do it nearly as much. So uh, you'll, you'll laugh at this. I used to be a vegetarian. <laughs> I was too at one point trying to heal myself thinking that was the right way. Yeah, so I've, I've been there too. Yeah. And that was not the right way for me. Yeah, and it definitely wasn't because I'd be hungry every All few hours time. and I, I would never feel satisfied. And uh, and that was one of the one of the real things I think I learned about nutrition that, uh, okay, like your body, I, I eliminated the wrong things. I was eating a lot of processed food and things like that as a vegetarian, which doesn't make any sense now. Right. Um, and I, I had the wrong thing. And I'm just like looking at the pictures of myself. I'm like, I look malnourished. <laughs> like my right. shoulders are bony and you know, I have no muscle tone. It's it just it just kind of crazy. And I was a healthy weight, like you were saying, right? right? And right. it's like, wait, what's what's going on? How how is it that I look really right. terrible? You know, it's funny that um you said you were eating for entertainment mm -hmm. and just wanting to chew. Mm -hmm. Maybe you were deficient in something mm. and maybe your body was telling you you were looking for a way to replace that and mm. maybe maybe that was part of you know when people are deficient in iron mm. they chew ice for some reason oh. just for you know if there are weird there there are other things like mm -hmm. kids um sometimes will if they're deficient in iron they will eat dirt mm. which is strange so chewing ice and eating but i'm not saying you know <laughs> in an adult but i'm just saying there are strange things that you should listen to if you're feeling like you're constantly searching for something mm. or what you say is like a form of weakness. It may mm. not be, it may be your body telling you that you're deficient in something and it, mm. it may be worth, you know, trying some um, like a multi-mineral or something. Oh, of that interesting. Nature. But you have to be really careful about the kind mm. of supplements that you mm -hmm. get because you want them sourced mm -hmm. in, um, in the United States, we have really good regulation around, mm -hmm. um, manufacturing mm -hmm. and then some companies take it to another level where they have labs third party mm -hmm. verify to look for purity and potency mm. and those are the kind of supplements that you want to mm. gear towards and those are easy to find online you can do some research but in general i like my patients to do you know us based and mm -hmm. a lot of my patients had food sensitivities so i like it to be gluten dairy soy free mm -hmm. And I like to know the source of where the minerals are coming from. Mm. Well, so. so let's talk about like sort of the quality of food and what 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 things to avoid because I I, I know um, you're very much into grass fed beef, um, very anti seed oil. Can you can you talk about some of the um, the evils of seed oil and some of this other stuff uh, that that might be detrimental to our health. Sure. I think the big topic mm -hmm. coming mm -hmm. that's coming in health is going to be eliminating unhealthy 
oils. Mm. And it turns out that we really need good healthy fat for hormone production, especially for men for mm -hmm. testosterone production. Um, but I think we've really focused on cholesterol as being the bad thing, mm. but it turns out cholesterol is really the building block for a lot of our hormones. It's impor mm. very important for brain function. Mm. It's very important for, like I said, hormone production, mm -hmm. immune function. Um, it's neurologically very, very important. So. I think we, we, for decades, we did the wrong thing by eliminating healthy animal cholesterol. Mm. Mm. And, um, and then we looked for the alternative, which was a processed vegetable type oil, which mm. the word vegetable means healthy. But now mm. we're learning that that oil oxidizes and causes a lot of inflammation, even mm. brain inflammation. Mm. And we're just starting to get that message out. Mm. But I, do encourage anyone that's having brain fog to mm. try to completely eliminate seed oils, mm. which are the vegetable, mm -hmm. you know, the canola oils and those mm -hmm. sorts of things, um, safflower. Mm -hmm. Try and eliminate them, and it's not as hard as it seems. They are in everything. If you start reading labels, you'll mm -hmm. be shocked. Even mm -hmm. bread or mm -hmm. um, anything that's remotely processed, mm -hmm. almost almost anything has it because it's inexpensive and it's just widely used so but there are alternative products mm. and you just have to do a little bit of homework and find the products that are the equal substitute for what you normally like mm. and cooking is mm. a big one you can mm. cook with other types of oil like ghee and even lard and mm. um, grass-fed butter MCT or coconut oil medium chain triglyceride oil um, avocado oil mm -hmm. You can use those sorts of things, and you really can't taste much of a difference in your food. Mm. And so there's an easy supp uh, substitute, mm. um, and then the products that you normally buy, mm. you can find that are seed oil free now. But it mm. just takes a little bit of education and, and looking. Mm. And that seed oil inflames a lot of stuff in your body. And what what are some symptoms that you might feel as a result of that? I think brain fog is probably mm -hmm. one of the biggest, but any inflammatory condition, and it really mm -hmm. depends on the person. Some people may have more inflammation in their um, their skin. Mm -hmm. Some people may have more inflammation in their digestive tract. Some people may have liver congestion, mm -hmm. uh, brain fog. So it really is depends on the individual. Mm -hmm. But the only way to know is really to eliminate it. And I encourage people to just commit to whatever <laughs> amount of time that you can actually feel like you can be successful. Mm -hmm. And maybe try it for a couple of weeks mm. make sure you have plenty of substitutes so that mm. you don't feel like you can you're going to fall off the plan and just see how you feel mm. and then if you really want to prove it to yourself you can reintroduce the seed oil mm. and feel the difference mm. and it's usually a pretty dramatic difference mm. so when did you eliminate seed oil in your diet and how did you feel when you did that you know it's really started to become more of uh research recently mm -hmm. so it's it's something that i've started doing i've started implementing fairly recently mm. but what i used to do when i was on my health journey of getting back to good health was i eliminated gluten because i thought gluten mm -hmm. was the culprit mm. but it turns out most of the gluten products had seed oil combined with uh, them so i was eliminating seed oil by eliminating gluten mm. And I felt better, so, and I attributed it all to the gluten. <laughs> but I think it was more now, I mm. think it was more seed oil. Oh, that's interesting. So do you think a lot of people with gluten sensitivities are actually like 
it's it's a seed oil sensitivity of some kind? It could be the combination of gluten and seed mm -hmm. oil. Mm -hmm. But I also think a lot of people with gluten sensitivity have leaky gut and the mm -hmm. gluten is passing through that barrier mm -hmm. in a way that's less natural than if the gut was sealed. Mm. So if you had a healthy gut, it's possible that some people with gluten sensitivity would be able to tolerate it more easily. Mm. Uh, it depends on the individual. There are certain, there are certainly people that can't tolerate gluten, obviously celiac and gluten sensitive. And one of the best ways to know if you're sensitive to gluten is to do a two day bone broth <laughs> cleanse and then only reintroduce gluten for a few hours and see how you feel. Mm. Oh, wow. That's like, you know, eat something that's high in gluten and, and just prove it to yourself. Mm. And at it's that an point, easy, if you're like, if you feel tired and foggy, those are the two biggest symptoms. Just don't feel, you feel sluggish. Mm. Then that's something to take note of. Maybe take notes, mm -hmm. um, keep a notebook and, and say, this is how I felt an hour, two hours, three hours after eating this. Mm -hmm. And then go on to the next experiment. Experiment. Maybe it's corn. Some people don't do well with corn. <laughs> so, that you got a lot of different sort of things to try with an elimination diet, I guess. You do, but it's it's not, the reason why I like it so much is that it's not dependent on a healthcare provider mm. to implement. I want to empower people mm. that there are simple steps that you can do to prove to yourself that this is beneficial and to see what you're truly capable of. Mm. Well, that's interesting because this is your practice. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, you're just sort of like, taking yourself out of the equation or um, uh, convincing people to not use people like you, I guess, to, to, to do that. Um, wh what makes you say that? What, what, what's the motivation to, to encourage people yeah, to do that? Yeah, yeah. I think people have been so, um, maybe it's kind of the centralized mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, We can talk about centralization mm -hmm. and, and the importance of being sovereign. Mm -hmm. And from a health standpoint, from a monetary, from mm -hmm. an education standpoint, mm -hmm. um, what else? I mean, e mm -hmm. every way, the importance mm -hmm. of taking accountability for your own health. And I think that that power has been handed in, in many ways over to um, our medical system mm. that is very dysfunctional. Mm. And uh, I don't see it being rehabbed anytime soon. <laughs> in fact, it seems like it's becoming more and more dysfunctional and people are becoming more and more dependent on it. Mm. And I'd like to present uh, and empower people to change for themselves and take accountability for their own health and realize it's not this daunting task that they, they actually can do it. Mm. And, um, and it's worthwhile. Mm. And so that's why I, I think that's one of the main reasons why I do mm -hmm. shows like this is mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I feel, I, f I feel badly for people entrusting their most valuable asset to a system that doesn't always know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. Well, so let's talk about that a little bit, because in a sense, um, I think what you're saying is that the healthcare system is broken, especially conventional medicine. Completely it's, broken. It, okay, so what what's so broken about it? What um, like if I break a leg, you know, they they know how to fix well, it. That's wonderful. You know. if you break a leg, but then you have to ask the question: Well, why did I break my leg? Well, mm -hmm. did I, you know, did mm -hmm. I break it because of trauma, or did I break it because I hadn't been eating enough nutrients, and mm -hmm. then I have weak bones, or I hadn't gotten sunlight in years, or. Mm -hmm. um, so it is a great system mm -hmm. when something goes terribly wrong, mm. but what is way more important is to know what you need to do for your own health 
far before something goes wrong, before the dementia starts, before mm -hmm. the brain fog starts, before um, whatever autoimmune condition starts, um, mm -hmm. how to prevent it. Mm -hmm. And we don't focus on prevention. Mm -hmm. And you can just look at our health population and, and or, or just our entire population and see that we're not focusing enough on prevention mm -hmm. and empowering people. And I think, you know, Managed care gives you ten minutes with your most value with your doctor mm -hmm. with your most value to tend to your most valuable asset. Mm. How does that make sense? You and I spend mm -hmm. time, you know, with our accountants and hopefully, <laughs> you know, attorneys if you need one, or you spend a lot more time than you do with your doctor oftentimes. Mm. And um, the way managed care has evolved, it's uh, sicker and sicker patients, mm. lower and. Uh, Lower, less and less time with your doctor. Mm. Um, you know, more and more symptom management. Mm. And each time you deliver a pharmaceutical, oftentimes there's another symptom that comes along a few months later that you have to manage. And so you, it's kind of a vicious cycle. Mm. And I've seen it evolve um, throughout my career and it's not getting better. It's actually getting a lot worse. Mm. And I really feel went into medicine hoping to have um, a relationship with each individual patient where we were on the same team, we mm. worked together, and we, uh, independent of any other factors, mm. that the, the, the patient and the doctor, myself and my teammate, I should say, mm. really took an individual approach to help them achieve vitality and optimal health. Mm. And it seems like every step along the way has chipped away at that relationship. Mm. It's interesting because I've had two other doctors like you on the show, uh, Dr. Sean Baker, who's a, carna a carnivore and Dr. Jason Fung, who's the, you know, he, he does the fasting, complete guide to fasting oh, and the yes. chronologist uh -huh. from uh, uh, Canada. And they, they both express a similar thing that you said, which is, I got into, you know, being a doctor because I wanted to help heal people, to help people. <laughs> and they weren't getting better. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that, that to me is just so such an indictment against the healthcare profession or, or uh, that so many people become more dependent on the healthcare system than get better. It's in, it's all symptom management and give them the latest drug to help them or something like that. I, I, do you think the monetary aspect has something to do with this? I think the monetary aspect has everything to do with this, mm. unfortunately, um, except for the people who are in it for the right mm. reasons. Mm. But those people typically don't um, don't manage the stress of it because there's such a conflict of interest mm. to spend less and less time with patients, mm. work harder and harder. Mm longer hours, sicker patients. And then mm. that cycle is, it just repeats mm. um, like Groundhog Day every day. Mm. So, it, I mean, it is a very challenging system to operate in, mm. if not almost impossible. Mm. And it's been a daunting, a daunting career. I mean, in, in mm. some, some cases it's, um, there are days when you, you want to wave the right, the white flag and say, mm. I, I, I don't know what else I can do with, with the tools that have been given to mm. me. And that's where I was a few years back and I decided to opt out of the system. Mm. And that was scary. Mm. And I had a family to support mm. and um, 
but I opted out of the system and I didn't know if people would value that and mm -hmm. if they would be willing to um, join that team mm -hmm. and um, use their resources and their time and vice versa mm -hmm. and, and uh, accomplish that goal together. And what I found, which was quite surprising actually, I didn't know if it would work, but I mm -hmm. said, if I don't try, I'll never know. <laughs> Um, what, what I found was that people do value mm -hmm. the doctor-patient relationship mm -hmm. and they are willing to form that team and invest in that team. Mm -hmm. And um, so I turned my, turned my career over to a non-system-managed approach mm -hmm. many years ago and uh, focused on personalized medicine and mm -hmm. preventative medicine and health optimization. You know, we talk, talked about nutrition today, mm -hmm. but there are so many other facets of it. Mm -hmm. Probably for another show, you know, we, can <laughs> we can talk about other things, but that's just the first step that's manageable mm. for for most of the people that I've that I've worked with. Mm. So uh, you're, I, I, I think, just to make it clear, what what you're saying is you change your practice over to a cash-based system instead of using the insurance companies and Medicare and Medicaid and all the other right. different programs that are out Which there. Which was scary. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, uh, but the way the system was moving towards, you either had to join a group mm. and operate by their rules, mm. um, in order to have a sustainable practice. And I didn't want that. I always wanted to be a solo practitioner. Mm. I always wanted to be, you know, your own boss. My, my own <laughs> boss. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Mm. And that was just, that was just the way I made. I, mm. I wanted to have my own business and I wanted to have a solo practice and it wasn't, it was no longer doable. You know, it used to be that solo practitioners or small groups were the majority of the doctors. Mm. And especially when I finished medical school and residency, mm. it's been, become, uh, well, they've all, almost all of them have disappeared. They're like, you know, like the dinosaurs <laughs> going the way of the dinosaurs. Um, but there are a few of us still, mm. still out there um, that value that type of practice. Well, so it must be interesting running a cash-based business because you have a direct economic relationship with your patient. Whereas, and you know, I, I, uh, I've had Ovik Roy and Andy Schoonover on, on the show, and they, they talk about the economics of healthcare where, you know, you're paying the insurance company and the insurance company pays the doctor that, that sort of corrupts the relationship because all you care about is your deductible. And it's, uh, right. the, all the insurance company cares about is, you know, how do we make sure that, um, you know, it doesn't cost us more money or something like yeah. that. And you know, when a patient chooses mm -hmm. you just because you're on their insurance, mm -hmm. you may not be aligned on the same page mm. you may mm -hmm. but you also may not mm. and <clears throat> when someone seeks you out mm -hmm. because of your skill set and um and they are willing to invest in that mm. that's a totally different mm. practice and um i've found it to be much more satisfying and i think my patients would agree that it's a much better situation for them they have freedom over when they want to come see me mm. and we're on the same team and my time they can have as much as they want mm -hmm. um it's it's really just a normal professional relationship the way well, things should be there's no trusted third party or exactly. some third party that like has completely different financial motivations other than right like well, the they patient. actually have a conflict of interest right mm -hmm. because their business model is to pay for less mm -hmm. and um and and give less mm -hmm. and um my, my business model with each individual patient is based on the individual's needs mm. 
and, and it's a team. And you get to do more of what you want to do as a doctor. Exactly. <laughs> and they're coming to me because of what I do mm. and they appreciate it. So it's much more fulfilling. Mm. Which is what the medical profession should be. Yet it's, it's so tragic to me that all these doctors that I have on my show, they're like, yeah, I, I couldn't do that because essentially they're, they continue to be sick and I have to do things a way that I don't think should be done. And, right. you know, it, um, it's interesting that all of you have sort of like drifted a little differently and found sort of like a niche in doing what you want to do, but you've had to like kind of go around the system in order to do it. Yeah. And it was a leap of faith. Mm. Uh, it really was a hard decision, mm. but um, it comes to a point where you're, you, you know, that it's this or nothing. You cannot mm. function mm. and maintain your oath which mm. we took an oath when we mm -hmm. uh, that I take seriously. And mm. I wasn't able to give my patients the best in a dysfunctional system. And it literally got to the point where um, I had to forget everything that I ever knew <laughs> about how a practice should be run and, you know, jump into the deep end mm. and just hopefully swim. Mm. Well, so it sounds like you're, um, I guess, bringing innovation to healthcare, which is a system that's very resistant to sort of like new entrepreneurial models. Um, do you feel like this is something that needs to happen more often? Because I, 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 I have gone to a functional medicine doctor and um, and, you know, it, it was very different, uh, you know, among other things, I know about selenium because she was like, you know, you should have some Brazil nuts because that, mm -hmm. that has, that has selenium. Yeah, remember that everyone, Brazil <laughs> nuts are really good for your metabolism. Yeah, that's a good, good tip. Yeah. So random things like that. And mm -hmm. I had, you know, um, I had to take a stool sample so I could, mm -hmm. you know, check the floor of my gut and everything else. Normal things that you would, that probably everyone should mm -hmm. do if they have a problem, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, but we, the, the regular healthcare system does not reimburse. I'm sure you had mm -hmm. to pay for all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because those studies aren't traditionally offered. I mean, in limited ways they could mm -hmm. be, mm -hmm. but the majority of time they're not reimbursable. Well, 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 what's nice about it is there are market forces that operate on that stuff. So they continuously right. get cheaper. Whereas like, exactly. Whereas like an MRI is still like many tens of thousands, however very, much it is. It can is. be very, very expensive yeah. depending yeah. on what, whatever your insurance has negotiated with whatever MRI center. Yeah. That it's, it, it just seems insane because when, when you when you have a large demand for stool samples or whatever, the cost comes down. Right. Whereas with uh, like this weird healthcare system that we have, like none costs of that happens. Up, yeah. Yeah. Costs go up, and they're all. It's all. It's it's kind of like um in a lot of these big systems, it's like mm -hmm. a monopoly. Mm. Um, so yeah, stepping out and mm -hmm. regaining your health. And then the, the cool thing about doing that mm -hmm. is that you don't need much <laughs> after that. Once mm -hmm. you regain your health, you just need a checkup every once in a while mm -hmm. to make sure that everything's still on the right track. But, um, it seems so simple, doesn't it? And it, it kind of aligns with what you're doing of being sovereign and taking mm -hmm. responsibility for your health and mm -hmm. your own finances and your mm -hmm. own education. I love, mm -hmm. I, I, I watched some of the things that you were talking about, about, mm -hmm. you know, Stepping out of what we think is the only option, which is higher education and learning mm -hmm. different ways. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be a big trend. And hopefully this health crisis will push us all towards um, taking responsibility for our own health and working with a teammate to mm -hmm. get 
on the right path to where you don't need us as often. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I was talking to Andy Schoonover, and one, one of the things that he does with crowd health is, um, you know, you're able to have your own sort of like health savings account, but he doesn't handle any of the money. So everything is sort of voluntarily paid for. But one of the things that he was saying was there was a hospital that wanted like $80,000 for a particular surgery, shopped around, they found a specialist that does just that procedure all day long, paid cash, $25,000. They saved like $50,000 just by shopping around, which seems insane to me. Like people, like there's- normal market though. A normal thing to do is to find the best Uh and you know, weigh that with the cost mm-hmm. and do your do your regular you know shopping and um supply demand type yeah dynamic. the economics just work out and that and that doctor was happy to take it because it's like we're gonna give you cash you don't have to deal with any insurance you're not gonna pay sick get paid 60 90 mm-hmm. days out you're just gonna get it Oh yeah, I'll give you a huge discount for that one. Uh, yeah, like uh, that, that makes all the sense in the world. It just makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, big problems, mm-hmm. system that's broken, and we can list all of them. Mm-hmm. But simple, simple solutions. It's get back to relationships. Mm-hmm. Get back mm-hmm. to your community. To being a sovereign indi- individual. Mm-hmm. To taking control and accountability. Weaponize your health by your best defense against mm-hmm. anything that they throw at you or anything that comes down the pike from a infectious disease standpoint, your best defense is your health, Mm. your mental clarity in every way. It just takes life up a level. Mm. It's so interesting to me though, that um, you're, you're a very personable, you know, person, I I guess Mm -hmm. they would call it, you have very good bedside manner or whatever, right? As as a doctor. (laughs) Uh, But the, the thing that I'm noticing about you is that, um, uh, there, there's like a, uh, there's a human connection that you've sort of developed, I guess, maybe as part of your practice, um, being sort of like in a relationship with all of your patients, which is direct and economic. Right. We tend to think of capitalism as this dirty word that like makes everything impersonal. When in fact, with the healthcare system, because you're being, I guess, more capitalist, like not having to deal with all the insurance stuff, actually made you almost like a more community centered like personable like able to care for your patients in a more humane way um and it's like it 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 seems like a much better system rather than a worse one well it's mutually beneficial Mm -hmm. because i'm valued Mm -hmm. and i value them Mm -hmm. and it's just a great working Mm -hmm. relationship you you enjoy going enjoy going to the office they're Mm. like family Mm -hmm. in a professional way Mm. um and there's just no doubt that we're on the same team we have the same um we celebrate our wins Mm -hmm. we redirect our losses Mm. and we regroup and find a better plan and it's individual approach and i never want to give someone more than what they can handle at Mm. that particular point um i want to give them hope Mm-hmm. And I want to give all of your listeners hope mm-hmm. that this is not, um, it's not that hard. Mm. It, we can do this and we, we need to reclaim this. It's, mm. it's very important that we reclaim our health so that we can make the right choices for our family and give the most to our community and be the best versions of ourselves and enjoy our lives. Mm. It, it adds richness and, 
and like I said, vitality to have health mm. play a part in our time, which is our equally a valuable asset, probably time and health. Yeah. I mean, time is uh, like it, money is really a representation of the time that you put in. So it, in a sense, it's, you know, it's a poor substitute, but in a right. sense, that's, that's what but we you know really, really interesting. I have noticed time after time after time mm. that anyone who is an entrepreneur or business mm-hmm. owner, or even in sales working mm-hmm. for someone, when they regain their health, they have their record years. It's very mm. interesting. <laughs> and they'll come in and say, like, for example, I'll tell some of my, uh, I have some real estate agents that are mm. in my practice and one in particular I'm thinking of. And I said, we're going to rebalance you mm-hmm. and you're going to get your drive back. Cause she, mm-hmm. did, she was getting tired and didn't mm-hmm. want to put herself out there quite as much. And I said, when you get your drive back, there's a magnetism. And when mm-hmm. you have health, mm-hmm. when you walk in the room, there's a magnetism or mm-hmm. people will come to you because they want that energy that you mm-hmm. have. And so it's also a business decision. Mm-hmm. It's the best <laughs> thing you can do for yourself, but it's also the best thing you can do for your profession. Mm-hmm. It takes it up a level. Mm-hmm. Very nice. That's 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 interesting because as you improve one aspect of your life, a lot of other things kind of fall into places. I think exactly. essentially what you're saying. Exactly. And your health, it's important for your relationships mm-hmm. and to be a better parent, mm-hmm. to be a better friend, um, to be a better family member. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's just um, so simple to put first. <laughs> and um, you know, we just need to prioritize. Mm. Well, I, I, I think a lot of people that are listening to this will be very curious and, uh, and you know, trying maybe starting with like a two-day bone broth uh, sort of cleanse of right. your liver and your gut and giving your digestive system a chance to regenerate. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is, it, it is very empowering and, uh, and it's, it, it's, it seems like something that anyone can do. Um, how really young can. can you do this? Like, uh, like what, what's sort of like the you limit know, I there? I only usually do this for adults. Okay. Um, and, you know, Texas mm. Slim and I decided, mm. I was telling him about this cleanse, and mm-hmm. he said, oh, I've done that before. I felt mm-hmm. so great. I don't know why I haven't done it in so long. And I said, well, it's really nice. I said, sometimes I'll do it with my mm-hmm. patients because mm-hmm. I, need, mm-hmm. <laughs> I need them on the other end to be accountable uh-huh. for, to do it because it's not... Mm-hmm the easiest thing in the world mm-hmm. it, it ends up being pretty easy but mm-hmm. um just setting a date mm-hmm. so sometimes i'll tell a patient hey I, they're concerned i say mm-hmm. it's not as bad as you think i'll do it with you mm-hmm. and i of course mm-hmm. get benefits from that and mm-hmm. then i have somebody on the other side that i'm mm-hmm. accountable mm-hmm. to in a in a way even though mm-hmm. we don't talk while we're doing it or i see mm-hmm. him back at their next visit how did it go mm-hmm. you know um i was there with you in spirit <laughs> <laughs> sure and i do do it and i was telling him that and he said you know what we should really do this as a community mm-hmm. and you know set our date and mm-hmm. get our ducks in a row get everything ready put our recipes out and do it together and if you um if your religious beliefs mm-hmm. um uh, believe that you can mm-hmm. dedicate it to someone or mm-hmm. a cause, which I think you and I both come mm-hmm. from that similar type of belief system. Mm-hmm. You can offer it up for a good cause, mm. and you reap the benefits. So it's it's healthy. It's good for you. It makes you more mentally clear, clear, spiritually enlightening, um, mm. and offering it up for someone in need is a nice. A nice extra motivation to get yeah, it done. There's also a lot of religious can- calendars where you do have like days of fasting. So right, traditionally in Christianity, Good Friday to Easter Sunday, that's that's a good time to 
about two days worth of uh, of fasting there. Um, some people even fast for you know the entirety of Lent and stuff like that. So that, that's a tough one. That's but a you would need a, a doctor's supervision. That's an expert like the, the mm. gentleman you mentioned earlier. But mm. um, but yeah, there's there's something mm -hmm. for everyone in mm. fasting, intermittent fasting. A lot mm -hmm. of my patients have had tremendous success just mm -hmm. eating within a six hour window. Mm -hmm. But that's not for everyone either. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. different people. Um, excel with different that's that's why personalizing it is so important mm. but the two-day community bone broth is mm -hmm. cleanses actually next week if you want to join us <laughs> i'm next doing week. it so uh we're gonna fat load meaning we'll uh -huh. eat healthy animal protein mm -hmm. fat on um next what is it the i think the 13 uh, we're gonna fat load on wednesday mm -hmm. and then we're going to do the bone broth cleanse mm -hmm. on thursday and friday which includes healthy fats so you mm -hmm. don't get hungry mm -hmm. and just to reset and do mm -hmm. it as a community mm -hmm. and um you know i think that's kind of nice to have a start date and a plan and have mm -hmm. other people doing it with you just to know that someone's there in the same boat is is nice and empowering i, I know whenever i fast with my wife it's a lot easier for both of us just because right. we're in the same house and it's like okay if, we're if gonna I do start, it yeah. it's kind of a competition i bet a <laughs> little bit a little bit and it's a uh, you know just sort of check in on how we're doing and it's like yeah, yeah it's it's so much easier um Okay, so uh, I, this this has been uh, a very inspiring, I think, um, episode, and uh, you know, I I really hope that you can continue innovating, and you know, we hopefully we can get more doctors like you, right? So you can have more of a relationship with your doctor instead of a relationship with your healthcare network that's really kind of feels like a cog in a machine or something like that. Exactly. Um, um, but yeah, where can people find you? Where can people contact you? So, I, you know, I'm doing this really mm -hmm. because I like to serve mm -hmm. and I'm not looking to mm -hmm. grow my practice mm -hmm. right now. Um, but I do have a website that has some educational information on it and I'm just starting to get a little bit more active on Twitter and I want to <laughs> start a YouTube channel because even though I can help one person at a time in my mm -hmm. practice, Mm. it's nice to have a large audience that I can help a lot of people mm. at no cost. And it's just a way of giving back. So if, if they'd like some of, if, if your listeners mm -hmm. would like to see some of the um, educational information, which I need to update even mm -hmm. every, you know, mm -hmm. constantly, but um, it's, it's a, a wealth of information. Uh, my website is marycaremd.com mm. and I'm, at Mary Care MD on Twitter for now. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Anytime. Happy to be here. <laughs> Happy to help. Unchained Capital is a sponsor of this podcast. I'm an advisor to the company. I know the team well, and I'm excited for what they are building. If you need multi-sig collaborative custody or Bitcoin native financial services, learn more at unchained.com. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Bitcoin Fixes This. Mary Care can be found at MaryCareMD.com and MaryCareMD on Twitter. Until next time, fiat the lenda est.